It's your boy, B-Hops, your boys. with the rhymes that just don't stops. And? And David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, hello, everybody. Uh, we hope you're doing well today. Today's episode, we will be like Paul McCartney after the Beatles because we're just <laughs> winging it. I hate that so much. You hate it, but you love it. You love to see yep. it, and you love to hate it. Bad jokes, dad jokes, it's kind of my brand. Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, so me and Brian talked a little bit before this, and we didn't have anything that was screaming to us, uh, idea-wise. Well, I mean, okay, uh, or I people wise. Say, there's that... plenty of things that scream at me, but they're all voices inside my head. Yeah, uh, me too, me too. And they go, stop eating so much bacon. And I go, okay, fine. <laughs> I didn't know you had a problem with bacon, Brian. Do you want to talk I, about it? Well, no, I used to have a problem with bacon because I wouldn't eat it. And then I like ate it a bunch for like a really short amount of time. And then I was like, this is gross. You're eating so much bacon. Stop it. And now I don't eat bacon again anymore. That really reminds me of the SpongeBob episode where uh, Squidward has his first Krabby Patty. Yeah. And he goes so hard in the paint. He on goes Krabby crazy. Patties. Yeah. And the, the my favorite part of that is when he has like eight on his arm and he just goes, ow. And then his other arm goes, oh, it's, that's my favorite part of that whole scene. For everyone who doesn't know what the "aum" sound is, <laughs> that's the burgers going into his raising mouth. his arm, and like a slide, all eight burgers slide directly down into his mouth, and he eats <laughs> yeah. them all in one bite. Yeah. And there's a little animation where his throat like has a bunch of, uh, I don't know what you call this, burgers. Kind in of it. <laughs> like, like the, the way a snake looks when an egg is in its throat. Yeah. Or anything else other than an egg. Yeah, I don't think snakes. Anything inside a snake. It's not exclusive to eggs. They eat mice and uh, other other rodents. Probably, uh, yeah, other rodents. Oh, okay. But so, uh, what I wanted to tell you before we started recording, and then you were like, "Do you want to just start recording?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Oh yeah, was, talk about Sea of Thieves. Uh, so, Sea of Thieves. We've talked about it before. Great game. Beautiful, beautiful graphics. If you have anxiety about the ocean or large bodies of water, maybe don't play it. I play it, and I David also have. Hand. There's a word for it, and I can't remember. I want to look it up. Yeah, uh, one of our other friends uh, who lives in Texas as well, but doesn't know David because like he's a friend of mine from like ten years of Xbox now. Uh, he also has the same thing and he was playing with us last night and every time he would fall off the ship he was like just gotta breathe just gotta breathe just gotta breathe until he could like get back on because he's just in like even though it's fully like fictional it's beautifully designed and he's just like alone in a full body of water uh was this last night or are you just telling me about this this was last night uh okay the word is thalassophobia or thalassophobia thalassophobia okay yeah uh fear of the ocean yeah so Last night while we were playing, and to help clarify and make this story like relevant to people who don't have experience playing this game, uh, there are like it's just kind of a world map that's like predetermined and everything's set. And then there can be up to six ships in a server. Uh, so like I didn't know it, that. yeah, that's the cap. I looked it up because I was like, how many people can be in the same server at a time? And it's six. Uh, and if you get below like two, it server merges and puts you into a server with other players. Uh, so it usually keeps it tries to keep it above two ships, but like it never goes more than six. Um, but so we were playing last night, and we were sailing a three-person ship, which is a brigantine in the game. A brig, a brig, and as we were sailing. We got ran up on by a sloop, and we were like, well, actually, I say we got ran up on, but in reality, we ran up on them, because they were uh, docked on an island. Side note, a sloop is a two-person ship, or two person a one-person ship, ship. Yes, it's the smallest of the boats. So, let me not try and write history in my favor. They were docked at a port, trying to unload their cargo, and we were feeling extra piratey, and so we rolled up, dropped anchor, and just like unloaded cannons into this, like, into this ship, just went hard in the paint and so we like sank the ship and one of their pirates like came aboard and tried to start attacking us and we defeated that pirate and then we like took the treasure they had put it on our ship and tried started sailing away and as we're sailing away we get attacked by a ghost ship for like straight out of the bat we sink the ghost ship and as we're trying to collect the uh like reward for defeating the ghost ship which is an npc ship or non-player character ship 
we get attacked by a megalodon, which is a giant ancient shark. And as soon as we finish off the megalodon and we start collecting that reward, a ghost galleon shows up, which is an even <laughs> bigger ship than the one we're in as we're trying to just desperately sail away. And so we just got hit three back-to-back, like, NPC encounters. Uh, and then we eventually, like, managed to make it out. We don't sink the galleon. Like, we just didn't even try. We're like, we have no more cannonballs. We have no more wood to repair. We just need to, like, hit some wind and hightail it out. So as we're sailing back to the place we need to go to drop off uh, the, like, stuff specifically for the group we were sailing for, uh, the Reaper's Bounty, we, like are on our way there and the ship that we had just sunk shows up and we're like oh they still want the heat i guess we'll give them the heat and we use the last <laughs> of our cannonballs to sink them again on our way back they didn't have anything the second time so we were just like okay well now we're really out of cannonballs and really out of supplies <laughs> uh and we kept sailing all the way back about like this has been maybe like 45 minutes of like encounters and sailing and just like chaos nonstop. And we get back to where we go to turn everything in and we turn everything in and we start sailing again. And then the ship, like we grabbed a little bit more supplies and then the ship rolls up on the horizon again. And we're like, dude, how do they keep finding us? What do they want from us? Like, we're just going to give them the smoke one more time. And then we get an invite from one of the people on the ship and we're like, hello. And so we joined their Xbox party and as we're talking to them, he's just like, hey, guys, how's it going? We're like, right. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to keep messing with you. I'm just going to keep coming after you. We're like, we'll just keep sinking you. He's like, yeah, I guess. But like, at least you'll have to get annoyed doing it. And we're just like, okay. And he goes, hey, do me a favor. Look in the bottom back of your ship. And we like went down below our deck and turned around. And this guy has just been sitting inside of our boat, chilling out for the last hour below deck. Like we didn't even look. And he, he literally, like, he didn't do anything to sabotage us. He was just there. We ran up and down those stairs probably, like, 50-plus times to grab supplies as we're, like, repairing and fighting things. And just straight up, he just sat there and, like, didn't do anything. And we're just like, we could have gotten so got, like, eight times. And he just he just didn't do it. We're like, okay. That's crazy. Apparently, that's a thing now. People try to see how long they can wait in other people's uh, what's, boats what's the word stow away stow away there we go interesting yeah. some people keep trying to do that to me when i'm when i play on occasion too but yeah and so that's why he could always find us because whenever we were above deck he would go look at the map and tell his friend who was sailing the ship like hey they're over here come get them yep and i was just like what an odd way to use an hour of your time <laughs> right <laughs> just like sit that's inside crazy. someone else's boat uh, but then we were nice enough, and when we were like, okay, we're done, we're going to get off and go to bed, uh, we took our Reaper emissary flag back to the thing and let him sink our ship and take our stuff. Uh, and then as I was like sitting on his ship helping him unload cargo, uh, he was like, hey, do me a favor, come to the top deck real quick. And as I like walk up onto the top deck, he took a sniper shot at me and fired, and he missed. And I was just like excuse you and i walked up to the harpoon as he was reloading and i harpooned him to the boat whipped out my pistol and shot him point blank and i was just like that's it we three for three dog like our crew has just wrecked you every time that's so funny but yeah it was wild just for like a full almost hour someone was stowed away on our ship and we didn't even notice that's a long time (laughs) yeah all right so what what have you been up to david what's your fun what's your fun story Recently, I got into Destiny really hard. I've been playing Destiny like every single day for the past like two weeks. I wish I could explain to you the thing David's eyes just did when he said <laughs> every day. It was kind of like almost an interior eye roll. Like he like looked down in his nose up towards like the center of his forehead and then out. And it was just like... I can't do it again. Do you not enjoy playing Destiny, David? I uh, No, I love playing it. Uh, I actually dropped 50 bucks on the DLC. So I I have everything okay. available right now. Um, I it's just really interesting. I haven't been this into a game since uh, I played a lot of Skyrim when I was in high school, yeah. and I was really into the lore of that. So I'm currently getting into the lore of Destiny. There's a three hour and fifty seven minute video on YouTube about the lore of Destiny. Okay, like, like from the beginning of time to now. Okay, and I don't know. I think it's really interesting. It's really nerdy. Like it's a bunch of stuff about like worm gods and like 
wads yeah 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 wads sure don't be a um, wad too yeah it's it's really interesting um i'm playing the the fourth campaign so like there is an original campaign and then a dlc 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 like those are all like the the different years they came out with stuff so like i've played the original and i played the next two and now i'm playing the the fourth one's called forsaken uh basically you avenge somebody's Wait, death who's Saken? four yeah okay so who is Saken? <laughs> No, no, no. Four is Saken. Okay. Yeah. So Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways, um, you're avenging somebody's death, and you have to go after this bad guy's minions. They're like mini bosses in a way, and there's eight of them, and then you go after the main bad guy, and I'm like three into that. So it's really fun. Okay. I have a friend of mine that's like more into it than I am, so we've been grinding in a way they have like weekly quests and and stuff like that and i'm working my way through the lore video so that i can partially know what i'm doing okay uh, so yeah i also played like the original destiny when it first came out like six years ago now mm-hmm. and it was all right like i thought it was very cool it was very fun and then i just like lost track of the updates and what was happening and like this that and the other and i was like all right i don't I'm not interested anymore. And then I was done. Yeah. It's, it's a, I'll, I'll make this story quick. Uh, so the first destiny was Bungie under Activision. Like uh, they were under the Activision umbrella. And, um, so when Bungie left, I want to say three, four, three, three, no, that's the new studio that makes yeah. Halo. Anyways, so Bungie when Bungie left Halo, yeah. the Halo project, they were like, we're going to make this game, but we need money. So they went to Activision for money because that's all Activision wants. And they made the first Destiny Hot game. Hot take from David about Activision. Please, I'll talk about Activision all day. I hate him so much. He's got time today, folks. At him. Uh, please don't at me. Um, <laughs> uh, so the first one was like, okay, it wasn't exactly what Bungie wanted. So what Bungie wanted was, Bungie is the is the main studio that, that came up with all the lore and literally created the game of Destiny. Activision was kind of just like, hey, here's some money. So... Uh, the thing about the first game, they were like, we're going to make one game and we're going to have it for like 10 years or seven years or something crazy. And they're just going to continue to update it and create more stories and create content. Um, and then something happened when they were like making DLC for the game and Activision was like, no, you need to make a second game. And Bungie didn't really have a choice. So they came out with the second game. Um, and once they had enough money from the second game, they were like, Activision, you're out. And so now Bungie is a completely uh, independent studio and they can do whatever they want. And they have a bunch of plans to have Destiny 2 through like 2024 or something, which is like just awesome in my opinion. Because like the graphics obviously don't look the best, but like they look good enough to where you can keep adding stuff to the game. And they have added literally and 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 people think that it's just a money grab because it's the same game but they but they ask for like 30 or so dollars per dlc but the dlc adds a complete campaign new stories new npcs to interact with new weapons new everything so like in my opinion it's definitely worth it when you compare it that game to games like call of duty that come out every single year and there isn't really any new content in it you know what i mean yeah um i'm way more driven to story-based games my favorite game series of all time is far cry um shout out far cry 6 that trailer looks incredible yeah far cry 6 if you can hear us shout out to you yeah 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 we're gonna we're gonna add far cry 6 in the (laughs) (laughs) but anyways uh it's it's a tangent but i'm really enjoying it because you know they they care about it and the content they put in it is you know actually good content at call of duty Dang, he just added Call of Duty. Yeah, if you can hear me, Call of Duty. <laughs> You're going to get a bunch of really mad 16-year-olds in your inbox. Anyways, uh, Brian, uh, yes. what else have you been up to? Uh, we did play a little Xbox uh, in the past two weeks, but not a ton. Not so, a ton. Uh, work, is, uh, work is wild, as always, but like more so now. I don't know. I've just been, been Jay chilling like a bad guy not a villain because villains are inherently wrong but they think they're right and they're just doing stuff 
day or night, and it's kind of evil, and it's kind of bad. But you know what? The things I do are kind of rad. Bringing down wraps, bringing them hard. This is my wrapping card. Yeah, it's a card. It's actually a phone. I write down notes when I go home or while I'm at work, putting in time. Boss makes a dollar while I make a dime, so I might as well use the time I have to do the things that make me glad. <laughs> you were going there for a I minute. know. I've gotten just a little bit better. Like every time I kind of uh-huh. start rapping, I'm like, oh, you know, like not like rapping, quote unquote. It's more just like cool. And I will, set, my, I will set myself up for a rhyme and have no idea what it's going to be at the end. Or sometimes <laughs> I'll be like, okay. Like if I'm at work and I'm like, this would be a good rhyme, what would I do to like lead into these eight bars? Right. And so, like, or like bars. eight lines bars uh bars bars uh <laughs> mars bars uh, mars <laughs> bars <laughs> um but yeah I'll, so i'll be at work and i'll just be like all right this is how i want it to end what do i have to do to like lead up to that and that is how uh oh i like how you do it backwards like that yeah so like two weeks ago when i did the uh intro for Lisette, that one was i was like okay this is where it ends and i was like how do we get to here and then i was like okay we're gonna start at what did i start with on that one was that the barack obama's llama no 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 that was just the warm-up uh for like my like tongue twister thing like today uh when i was trying to get ready for the podcast i was like thinking like okay what are some like just words that sound a little bit like similar that i can use to kind of like warm up in my mouth and my vocal cords uh and i texted my brother because he texted me, I like right as I was sitting down to record this, and he's like, "Will you please help with the groceries?" And I said, "We shall see. All will be revealed. Banana mango smoothie doothy." And he just like <laughs> he came and he's like, "What was that?" And I was just like, "I don't know. I'm just like low key insane. It's fine. I'm not insane. I'm just, just low key insane. I'm no. Just, I believe like, it. We're all very, insane. I don't know. I'm just like I." I will say this. I have a very hard time taking anything seriously. <laughs> and that is a fact. Uh, it's a fact. That's a fact, Jack. That's oh, a that's but, a Texas thing. Never mind. What was it? Mars bars. Speaking of uh, like practicing things, uh, this is like a really weird fun fact about me. Um, but fun I'm facts a, with David. I'm a percussionist. I started playing jump set when I was five. I may have said that before. He's not a percussionist. Wait, no. He's a percussionist, not a drummer. We had that clarification this we morning. We did have that clarification. When, he said, David when I said, said hot take, quote, when I said hot take that Ringo Starr isn't that good. No, he said, and I quote, hang on. If I'm going to quote him, I got to pull up the actual text message. Yeah, you got to pull up. So while he's pulling it up, I'm going to finish my story really quickly. All right, here you go. Yeah, so I made the joke about uh, Paul McCartney and the wings uh, before we started recording, and he was like, that was the thing, and I was just like, yeah, and I gave him the quick little rundown of what happened to the Beatles, to at least my knowledge, uh, and he just said, good old Ringo, drummers consider him a legend, I do not, and then I said, does that mean you're not a drummer? <laughs> he says, I guess so, I'm a percussionist, and I was like, okay. Got him. There is a difference, him. I feel like there definitely is a difference, there and not that is a drummers difference. aren't also percussionists but like not all percussionists are just like drummers squares and rectangles you know like every square <laughs> is a rectangle but rectangles aren't all squares exactly just like every percussionist is a drummer but not all drummers are percussionists because maybe they play just drums and not the full array of instruments that the percussion world has to offer such yeah. as the djembe the tambourine you stole the that from your photo shoot with Triangle. You're stealing all of the these from your photo shoot with Rashad. Egg shaker. The marimba. Anyways, it's the, kind of like the the piano debate. Most people consider pianos percussion instruments because the hammers strike the the strings inside the piano. So you're yeah. striking something, so technically it's percussion. So but most piano players aren't also percussionists. They don't play the accessories or the drums or the keyboards or anything. Well, they do play keyboards. Okay. So, anyways, I so I I'm like really into drum set, into like really fast playing. Um, I learned a little bit of jazz and a little bit of funk in college. Uh, funk also is short for junk. Uh, yes, and I learned some junk in college. Nice. Me too. 
And because most people and uh, our friend, our mutual friend Rashad, actually, we had a good talk about this, how um, how I did it in college was I learned jazz and that helped me learned air quotes, learned jazz. And that helped me get into other jump set things because jazz is like really hard coordination wise. But anyways, I'm really into rock music, like whether that's, you know, pop punk music, whether that's metal music, whether that's anything like that. I have a wide range of genres in my library, but right now I'm really into uh, some bands like uh, August Burns Red and Architects and anyways. So I've been doing my best to like practice my double bass chops and things like that on drum set. And I've also been teaching myself how to scream, which sounds really weird. My parents think I'm pretty weird for doing it. So I only practice in my car when I'm driving around. (laughs) I mean, yeah, if I was like at home and someone in my house just started screaming, and I know you don't mean like ah, it's on fire, yeah. scream, and you mean like uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the best I can do without making a bunch of noise. Yeah, I'm not giving any microphone. example. Um, but like, I, I can see why you wouldn't want someone to just be like in your house while it's a nice like Saturday afternoon and you're in the kitchen making maybe a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just out of nowhere you hear a loud just, uh, on the other side of the house. I'd well, I will say it's hard to be loud, as surprising as that sounds. Super, super uh, dumbed down version of, of like the basics of how to scream. It's It's part of your vocal fry, which if you don't know what that is, it's the thing. Where you, like, if you're sighing, you go, ah, and like, it's when that very faint vibration there. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah uh, you get a little bit of that. And then you have to get your uvula involved um, with the vocal fry. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And then you just add a lot of air to it. So, like, to get your vocal fry, you have to close down your throat a little bit. Um, so, pushing air out in. You, when you're sighing, it's a lot of air, but when you're closing your throat, it's not as much air. So you have to like use your core muscles and and push out to to sound really loud. And so, anyways, uh, I know I sound really weird and super metalhead. It's super metalhead of me to like be learning how to scream, but it's just a just a fun thing that I've been doing. He's just a casual metalhead. He's just kind of yeah. chilling. See, this is a voice that I do often, like just kind of chill on the vocal fry. But this is the voice I do when I'm like, listen, sweetheart, you're going to get your ish together. You're beautiful, you're bold, and nothing in this world can stop you. And her name's Gloria. And every time Brian brings up this voice, I say, I remember when I used to eat chocolate. Yes, it's very similar to the uh, to the uh, SpongeBob episode. Uh, rest in peace, SpongeBob. Um <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with him. I just think the show's taking There's nothing wrong with him. I just thought this. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with SpongeBob. I just thought it took a turn. I have a friend who one time put up an Instagram post and he just said RIP to my homie and like put a bunch of pictures of one of his friends. And then after like full, like a full paragraph about like just her as a person, he's like, she's not dead though. She just moved to Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Which is That's basically so the same thing. Yeah. They, Which they, is basically the I was same just like, thing. oh my goodness, this man really had me thinking she was dead. I was like, <laughs> I met her once at a party, but she seemed nice enough. I'm so sorry. And I was like, oh, you just, you just being a goof. Just being a goof. Um, a couple of movies I watched this week that are 100% worth watching. Oh, yes. Hit me with that movie list because I know you were Snapchatting me about some of them. Yeah. I, I don't know why I was just on a movie thing the other day. I've seen three movies this week. Uh, one's new, two are older. Movies. Uh, the best one by far is V for Vendetta. I had never seen it, and it was ten out of ten. I loved that movie. Okay, and uh, that's for, a different well movie made. than V for Vin Diesel, which is just the Fast and Furious movies all like layered on top of each other. And it no, it's V for Vin Diesel is a movie, and it's just the Need for Speed scenes with Vin Diesel in it. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I feel like that's actually probably a thing. That's somewhere. probably a thing on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> Um, the other one is Sucker Punch, and when you look at the cover of Sucker Punch, it just looks like scantily clad women with weapons fighting things. Okay. Uh, that's actually not what it's about. Without spoiling anything, it uh, kind of touches on like mental health issues, which is pretty interesting. Like when you watch it, you'll be really confused, and your your questions will be answered throughout the movie. But I watched that movie and was blown away at the the 
the the power of the message they were trying to portray. Which sounds really weird because I know some of you are listening to this. Like, isn't that the girl with the skirt and the sword and the pistol? Yes, that that's the movie that I'm talking about. But it was it's really good. It's really good. Uh, the last one uh, was Eurovision. I watched Eurovision with a friend of mine last night, and um, it was really good. It's it's Will Ferrell's new movie. Uh, it's about Iceland getting into a song contest called Eurovision. Um, they are chosen, <laughs> due, due to unforeseen circumstances, they are chosen to go to this Eurovision contest, uh, song contest. And it's just a, you know, it's just like a feel-good quarantine movie. You know, it's 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 got, it's got some good songs in it too, super pop songs, but they're, they're pretty cool. And I have been very underwhelmed by Will Ferrell's movies over the past like five to ten years. Everything before that was like really good, but this one is actually actually pretty good. Usually he tries really hard. Like his movie with Kevin Hart was just kind of cringy because Will Ferrell was just trying really hard for an hour and a half, and it wasn't that funny. Mm-hmm. But Eurovision is a is a Story pretty good kind of feel good movie. Life. Trying really hard for an hour and a half. Story of my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then after that hour and a half is up, give up. So you said uh, that uh, all of our questions will be answered. Now, is that just about the movie over the course of the movie or all of my questions about life will also be answered? Because I have a lot of those. Uh, probably a combination of both. Okay. Interesting. Not Okay. Definitely all of your questions about the movie should be answered. If not, you can look it up on Wikipedia. I did that during the if movie. If not, almost then there's it. plot holes in the movie. <laughs> I don't think there's plot holes. Oh, no, I'm not saying there is. I'm saying, like, if my questions aren't answered, it means they've left things unanswered, either intentionally for another movie or they've left them unanswered because they didn't know how to wrap it up. Gotcha. They didn't know how to wrap, wrap. Brian, movies lately? You? Movies lately? Me? Question mark? Um, I don't think I've watched, like, I haven't sat down and watched a movie in, like, a month or two just because I find it hard to, like, commit the time to a film. Like, I don't know. I always feel like I... I don't have like right now I'm not in that mindset where I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and invest to this plot and only this plot and not get distracted by my phone, by like drawing something, doing anything else while I'm like doing that. Uh, but I did restart the first ever anime that I watched uh, back in like the end Seven of Deadly high school. Sins? No, actually the first anime I watched was called sword art online. Mm-hmm. I've heard only bad things about it. Really? Yeah. Most, Anime people that I know, and by that I mean literal cartoons people that I know, uh, <laughs> uh, say that you watch like the first six episodes and that's all you need. Everything else is just bad. It, yeah, it kind of like the premise of it, I think, is super cool. And then it takes a weird turn around, yeah, like the seventh or eighth episode where it gets like, so if you have you seen it, David? I've seen the first episode and I was very confused. Yeah. So the premise is that it's like VR technology to like... It's like Ready Player One, right? Kind of, yeah. Where it's like you go into the game and then if you die in the game, you die in real life. But uh, the reason they like don't just leave the game is because the person who designed and built the game and designed the technology for it put in like a link, which the... My biggest like plot hole with this series is that no one at any point double checked this guy while he was like doing this game or developing these devices because they put on this like helmet that's supposed to like scan your face and it links up to your like neural and it scans like your brain waves, your neural synapses, like all of that. And there's a part in it where they basically explain that anyone in the game like who's played the game, who's logged in when it starts is now trapped in the game because if they try to disconnect, the helmet will fry their brain. And if they die in the game, the helmet will fry their brain. And it's like, you're telling me no one for like the entire, like years of research and development that this would take to make went, Hey, there's a potential for this to fry someone's brain. Let's not do that. Like, 
I don't know. That's yeah. my biggest issue. But so they all get like into the game and when they do the beta test, there's like, yeah, there's the logout option. But then when they play like the real version of the game, the guy who like developed and designed the game has removed the logout option. So they're like stuck in the game. And if people try to like remove the helmet in real life, it fries the brain. So they like can't move the bodies, stuff like that. It's- don't you hate it when people remove things in games that everybody likes at BR quads at Call of Duty? Where's well, they, they have Sorry, quads continue. Back. They have quads back. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, but at one point they were like, "We're not going to have quads. We're going to have hardcore quads." Yeah, that's a great idea. It wasn't hardcore. It was realism, which okay. is arguably what? worse. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. I was about to say what's the difference, but yeah, the the difference is hardcore has friendly fire. Realism doesn't for some reason. Which you think it would be the other way around, but yeah, uh, if Warzone had friendly fire, it'd be a whole whole different story anyways we're just gonna add call of duty seven times in the details of this so that they'll know that we hate them i'm just kidding well not by we, we I, I mean i the royal we <laughs> <laughs> just kidding the royal we. that's what it's called when you go to the bathroom in a palace <laughs> that was good that was good there Sorry, you I, just go. I was loud. waiting for something very good very good very good sir yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the new Call of Duty is better than most previous. Well, the last one I played before this was Ghosts, and I could not stay at Call of Duty Ghosts. You know, there's a there's a following nowadays of people that still play Ghosts. That's ridiculous. Like that game was so bad. In what way? Just buggy and junky. When I tried to play it, I remember like spawning into the game and people had already learned the spawn patterns. Got it. And people yeah. had learned like on like the maps were not big enough and people like you would just get spawn trapped. I played, I think, five games on like day three of the game being out in multiplayer where I would get maybe one kill and have like 50 deaths because people would just spam my like spawn points. And I was like, this is awful. This is so broken. It's so bad. It's like, how did you not beta test this enough to like know that this would happen and then fix it? It was just very like yeah. to me, it felt like a huge cash grab. And I was like, you did not put the effort into your game for me to care enough to keep playing it. And then I stopped playing it. I can arguably say that the spawns in Modern Warfare are equally as bad. Maybe not necessarily equally, because if people have memorized the patterns, then that's a problem. But yeah. They're so random in Modern Warfare, you can, yeah, like spawn in the enemy's spawn. You know, it's, yeah, it's like you can spawn into a line of fire. That's yeah. the one that gets me in. Like, if you play Shipment twenty four seven, which is anyone who plays Call of Duty knows, it's the tiniest map on the planet. It's just an all around bad time. Yeah, uh, it's just not fun. Yeah, Shipment twenty four seven is a good way to like check your ego as a Call of Duty player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I think I think the new Modern Warfare did a pretty good job in terms of like I enjoyed the campaign. It was the first Call of Duty campaign I enjoyed since Modern Warfare Two, and like truly thoroughly enjoyed since Modern Warfare Two and Black Ops One. Black Ops One is still Black my Ops favorite. 1. Okay, but like Black Ops One when it came out was dope. I went back to replay it like a couple oh, of weeks it's ago. Probably terrible, and I was just like dog these graphics are so chunky so blocky and i was like i really thought like this was top of the line at one point mm-hmm. holy cow and then i was just playing it and i was like i mean it still holds up as a game i i totally forgot that in the very first mission of black ops when you're um like in the bay of pigs air raid and like invasion that one of your squad mates is voiced by Ice T, and so, yep. <laughs> and so like as I was like, this man yelling at me to get down. Why do I know this voice? And I went, is that Ice T? And I literally like paused the game. And I was like, this is Ice T. This man Ice T is like, get down, watch your head. And I was like, okay, Ice, yeah. Enemy AC one thirty above. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Ice, I feel you. Yeah, that was fun. It's. It's very strange, like, seeing people who traditionally, like, don't do voice acting transition (laughs) to voice acting. And vice versa. Correct, yes. Because you see their face, and you're like, who the heck is this? And they speak, and you're like, I know that voice. Yeah, like, what is it? Uh, John H. Benjamin. Yes. John H.? Yeah, I think it's John H. H. John Benjamin. Yeah, H. John Benjamin. H. John Benjamin. 
H. John Benjamin. I love that man so much. Here's, uh, here's if you my... don't know, he's the main voice in Archer and the main voice in Bob's Burgers and something else. I can't remember. So I will say this: if you want a very odd hour, or not hour, an odd forty-five minutes of your day, <laughs> like truly bizarre, go listen to H. John Benjamin's album jazz daredevil this man put this is my free unsolicited plug because i love this concept this idea and this execution so much h john benjamin has zero piano experience and he hired a professional tenor sax player upright bass player and drum set player to all meet him at a studio and record jazz standards and like he just basically told him before they got there they're like just go with like just play it down do what you can and like he's gonna do his best and so it's literally the three dudes like killing it in this recording they're just going hard and then the first time it gets to like the piano solo it just sounds like someone dropped (laughs) a cat on a piano and and it's insane because you listen to it and it starts out so bad and you're like it's so out of time it's so like cacophonous and clunky and it doesn't make sense but then by like the end of their like however long this recording session was you can understand that like just by being in the environment he's kind of learned a little bit more about music (laughs) yeah it almost begins to make sense like by the end of it he has rhythm he has some understanding of like what notes work in the key and what don't and like it just it it is truly a bizarre experience to listen to because the first three songs like if you listen to it just top to bottom you're like this is garbage until about the end where you're like this is low-key brilliant in terms of like a new way to experience and listen to music yeah there's also an al- there's also a song on the album called uh jazzercise actually i like it's called soft jazzercise which soft jazzercise is one of the greatest ways to exercise i'll just say it you gotta go listen to it check it out soft jazzercise by h john benjamin another album by somebody who isn't normally an artist seth mcfarland has a incredible an incredible jazz album he's like three he is, I think, wow, yeah, okay. he has a he has a Christmas one, and then two like independent. Oh, ones yeah, that. that's right. He that that man is unbelievably talented. I his can't. voice is just like his singing voice is honey, baby. Yeah, which is funny because like, is he actually that talented, or is he air quotes using a voice to do that? I really don't care because. I don't think he is because it sounds like him and it sounds natural. Like, obviously, he's good at voice acting, but... Yeah. Like, he just... Seth MacFarlane's jazz albums are so good. Two Sleepy People. Oh, that's so good. Uh, just so everybody knows, that Brian ASMR kissed all of his fingers. Pop. Just All of his fingers, like, making the... What is this called? I don't the, know. Uh, it's just the, it's like, the thing that you look at. Like you can either hold your hand in an OK symbol upside down, and people have to look at it, or you can put all of your fingertips together, and, and pe- you try to get people to look at it. Who created this game? I, and why? I don't know. It's ridiculous. But everybody like knows what we're talking about. If you don't know what I'm talking about or the gesture David's describing, I want you to take your left or right hand, or both if you want to, and you're going to connect your thumb and your pinky. All right, and then you're going to put your ring finger next to him, and then you're going to put your middle finger next to him, and then you're going to. Or put you your... could say connect all of your fingertips. But see, that would be too easy and too simple. I wanted to make it a little more convoluted so people have to think, David. It's all about right. brain waves and synapses. Is convolution a word? The act of convoluting? Convolution? I'm sure. Probably somewhere. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Also, speaking of convoluted things, I'm just going to say it again. I've been thinking about it all the last two weeks. Hoodwinked is probably my favorite movie. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, like the script is just, it's so good. It's so convoluted. It's so ridiculous, but it's so fun the whole time. Is it on Netflix? It was at one point. I don't know if it still is. I wish you, it was. I think you said just, the second one is on Netflix, which I'm yeah, not interested in. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the second one, but I don't want to watch it and be disappointed, which I know I will be because it won't be as good as the first yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. The first one's so good. That's why I never watch sequels. <laughs> yeah, unless it's Star Wars. Uh, There's a rumor going around that 
Disney is redoing the three movies that they just finished. I read that this article maybe a month or two ago, so There's it's been a no while. Way. But they're apparently – or it's a completely a rumor. This may not be true at all, yeah. or I may just be crazy and didn't actually read the article. But it, there's a rumor that they're going to start over as if the most recent three movies didn't actually happen because people are so upset at Disney because, like, what they made canon and what they didn't make canon. At that joyless cash grab? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I, I honestly feel like when Disney bought Star Wars and they started making them again, that it was just a cash grab. It was. It was for money. Yeah. Why'd you do it? I did it for the money. Which I was okay with, because they were decent. But now that I'm a little bit more knowledgeable of Star Wars, I'm upset. <laughs> yeah. The Oh, who did I have this discussion with? Speaking of Star Wars, one thing that I always thought... like One thing that I was disappointed by in the newest movies is that the like the sword play and the lightsaber combat is so so weak compared to the like the prequels dude oh my gosh and then like like the original trilogy the sword play is not bad considering what it was the like what is it revenge or rise of the sith whatever the third one is revenge of the sith no are you saying the first three movies that came out or the second three? The second three movies that came out, the okay. third one of that, like, see that installment, the one after the Attack of the Clones. Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. The sword play and the fight scenes in Revenge of the Sith. Oh my God. Like, I will still always say that the uh, Obi Wan, yeah, Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn fight with Darth Maul is the best lightsaber duel in any of the movies ever. I will I will fight you on that. Okay. If you don't remember it, go watch it because it's freaking crazy. Yeah, I need to go back and rewatch it. It's like it. a I, good ten minutes of that movie. It's it's so good. Just the the fight scene between Anakin and Obi Wan. That one the, was pretty good. In the end of three is amazing. Like the when he's like his half of his body's burning and he's like screaming, I hate you. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the one that like the stuff that leads up to that, not that part. The end of that. We're movie, spoiling Star Wars. If you haven't seen it, uh, also, it's your if fault, you haven't so. seen it, it came out like fifteen years ago. That's yeah. Also, yeah, it's not a spoiler. It's, it's there a statute of limitations on spoiling movies. I I feel like maybe a year. <laughs> a year? Yeah, that's so short. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah, but I had someone have this discussion with me where we were talking about it. And they're like a huge Star Wars fan, right? And like I was a huge Star Wars fan until I was. 13 and then i started playing halo and i was like I actually really like halo's lore and i think it's like a lot more interesting and i like delved deep into halo i read all the books uh up until like a certain point i honestly until just now didn't know there were books <laughs> dude okay we're gonna we're gonna dive into the halo lore all right let's do it i'm ready but, uh the explanation someone gave me about why the sword combat in this most recent of the three films is worse than the sword combat in the first three films, which is worse than the combat in the second three films. So that being like prequel, original trilogy, new trilogy, like is that the in the in the prequels, they had like the Jedi Council, they had like a dedicated Jedi training center, right? Where it was like like they were taught from a young age how to properly have like lightsaber combat, right? So like by the time they get to Jedi Knight and Jedi Master status, they are they're smacking people around with this lightsaber because they've been doing it for ten years and they've been doing it in like their own style. And then you get to the original trilogy where the only person really left who knows how to do it is Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, and then like the Sith Lord, Darth Vader, because everyone else is gone. If you don't know that, guess what? Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> and then like you get to the newest trilogy and the only people who know how to do lightsaber combat is Luke, who was barely taught by Obi-Wan and Yoda, who like only knows a little bit and had to develop his own technique and then loosely teaches that to Rey. And then Leia also loosely teaches Rey. So they like don't have any official official like way of training or techniques like that so yeah. it's that's a good argument i, I but agree I was with like, that also that's not an excuse to have like, also lazy cool writings yeah it's not it's not an excuse to not have like like you can i don't know i feel like the fights weren't intense enough like even if you don't know what you're doing or like don't have as dedicated like a skills practice if someone is like coming at you with a like 
with a sword made of pure energy that's going to cut your head off, you're going to fight a little harder than what they do. At least I feel like they don't fight as hard as they should have given the circumstances of someone trying to kill them. Like I also think the original actors and the prequel actors were better than the new trilogy actors. Ooh, hot cheeks. Yeah, not that they were bad, but like, I don't know. I feel like definitely they just tried to copy paste yeah. the original trilogy with the new movies with with Ray being the new uh, Anakin uh with with you know with the whole ship crew yeah. equaling that of like Harrison Ford yeah, and Chewie yeah. and and all Orlando that stuff. I feel like they just kind of tried to do that. And then they were like, "Oh, we need to we're Disney. We need to make a cute little robot so that people will buy plush toys." Yeah. That was a hot. That was. I almost got into it there. Anyways, Halo books. Uh, hang on. I will be right back. So now a word from our sponsors. David, hit it. Today's sponsor is no one. We don't have money. Uh, my. I will shamelessly plug Bixby again because something cool happened recently. I subscribed to Bixby. Uh, meaning, uh, meaning my coffee is on auto pay and it gets to me every four weeks. Uh, and I don't have to think about manually purchasing it every time. Uh, so the pros and cons, uh, Bixby is an incredible company because I can like text somebody at the company or email, be like, Hey, can we change my order to this? Or I can mainly go manually go onto the website and, uh, change it. And obviously this sounds like an ad, but I promise you, this is not an ad. I just love their coffee a lot. I bought a mug. I'm probably going to buy a t-shirt pretty soon. Um, Some good roasts they have. I can't tell you flavor profiles because I don't remember them. Some great roasts. I usually stick with the medium roast on like a normal day. But if I want to go be a little bit adventurous, then I'll go for like the bottom line blend or the uh, shotgun start blend. Uh, Some other coffee companies that I haven't tried, but I am totally willing to try is player one coffee it's a coffee company similar to bixby they're pretty small and they roast when you order and no earlier they are made for gamers you know there's there's um there's a leroy jenkins blend stuff like that just like random funny memes from the past you know 10 or so years uh in the gaming community and they're really good so while brian is gone we are going to talk a little bit more about screaming. It sounds weird, and my parents are like, why are you yelling at me? Uh, every time I, I, I show them a new metal band that I think of. Uh, but the the hard part is getting the power behind it, So like, especially live, and there's definitely some bad screamers live. Uh, some, good, some good people that I'm listening to currently just to practice are Bless the Fall, because there isn't that much screaming. It's used more as an effect in their older albums like Awakening. Um, and then you have bands like August Burns Red that don't have singers, they just have screamers. Anyways, if, you, if you're into that, I will say hydrate, 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 and I will also say... Don't hurt yourself. If it's if it hurts, you're probably doing it wrong. Just watch another tutorial, you know, because it took me a while. I don't sound good. I'm 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 trying to I I trying to not sound like a coach here. Um, if it hurts, take a little break. Um, so, anyways, Brian's having issues. Everybody, your boy's back. Brian's finally back. The awkward silence is finally over. Yeah. Uh, what I will say to as why I'm gone. Remember, kids. Uh, Pepto-Bismol comes in chewable tablets. Put them in your backpack. Keep them there. Uh, <laughs> so, Halo books. So, the Halo started out as a video game first, and then they made uh, uh, like the original Halo trilogy of books were the Fall of Reach, which is the prequel to Halo One, the Flood, which is just Halo One, and then uh, like it's the book version of the game which was very interesting to read, but also kind of boring. I was like, I've, I've lived this. Why am I reading it again? Uh, in case there's like little details they don't put in the game, which there's like a few on the tail end of the book. And then uh, a book called The First Strike, which is taking place between Halos 1 and 2. Uh, and it's about like someone else somewhere off in the universe until they like meet back up with the Master Chief. And then there's like Contact Harvest 
which is like a prequel prequel to the fall of reach it's like the first book in the unsc series which is the united nations space command unsc yeah space command uh and then there's the ghost of onyx which takes place after the fall of reach which takes place after halo 3 basically there's like a lot of books and they go in a specific order and i can't remember it off the top of my head right now but uh the most recent books that like i remember reading from halo the last ones that i read uh was called the kilo 5 trilogy and it was uh about glasslands the thursday war and mortal dictata are the name of the books uh but so to understand like the premise of this book you need to know a little bit about halo so in halo the game uh the concept is like this alien like just massive aliens have determined that they're like predestined by the gods to take over everything in the universe and they'll stop at nothing to do it right and so they come sweeping across the galaxy planet at a time and either you join up with them or you get your planet destroyed like those are your two choices and so when they come knocking on humanity's door humanity goes okay we need a solution to stop them and scientist dr Catherine halsey uh who works for what is essentially like the halo version of the cia which is oni the office of naval intelligence uh she develops this program called the spartan project and the spartan project starts out as a uh like just building super suits basically to help combat like just small arms fire as well as like any situation that you would need to be a little more armored than what they have right and so they try to do it, but they design these suits that have enhanced reaction times and enhanced uh, like strength and stuff like that. But they're too fast. And so, like in the first book, The Fall of Reach, there is a literal it's a part. It's so gross. They describe the first test subject who gets in a suit, and they tell him to turn his head and look left and look right. And he goes to turn, and the suit tries to react to his movement and moves faster than his body and snaps his neck. So yeah, like it. David, the books are insane. Like the the lore behind Halo is absolutely crazy. Like they developed that project, and they're like, okay, we've developed these suits that are super cool and super awesome, but now we need people who can actually use them to make them functional. And they tried to do like physical augmentations, like strength and like bone density on normal people who are like already past the age of maturity and like past the age of puberty, and their bodies don't take it well, and they all like either die or get seriously, seriously like misformed uh so then they go okay how do we fix this so that it's not a problem and what they do is uh they take children they like go through the just kind of like database of all of the people who live under uh and like who are basically like on the grid quote unquote who aren't like just way out into the reaches of space and they're like if you live under unsc control they like have information or basic like information about you and they're like okay this kid is a potential candidate this like and they go through and they like they like one by one pick i think 300 kids from across all of the planets right and then they one night kidnap them all they just send nice. they send like just the dead of night for whatever planet they're on or wherever they're at. They kidnap the kid, take him away, clone them, and send the clone back in their place. And so uh, the clones, of course, because they're Flash cloned and aged six years, their bodies, like six, seven years, depending on how old the kid is, don't handle it well. Uh, and so that like clone ends up developing some form of cancer and dying. So all of these kids die at like six, seven years old or the clones do. And the parents are like, Oh, they're helpless and like distraught, obviously. Uh, and so then the kids go through this like rigorous training program from the ages of like six to 15, where they just literally train to become super soldiers. Like that is their job is like, just go out, learn tactics, learn combat, train the whole time. And until they eventually are like, okay, cool. Now that you've learned the basics, we're going to put you through horribly painful, awful physical like augmentation to make you capable of wearing these super suits now. And so they like, as the kids are like hit the age of puberty, like they turn like 13, they send them into surgery and like basically like replace their bones with metal, like Wolverine kind of style stuff. And like just juice up their muscles with steroids and stuff. It's, it's insane. Like the concept of this is insane. But it's like super interesting, at least a little bit to me. And so they 
are like able to and i think they said out of the 300 that go in uh only 75 actually like survive the augmentation process to the point where they're still like able to use the suits functionally uh and then those become the like original batch of spartan mark twos because the spartan mark ones all died yeah and so then like they've made the spartan mark twos and then conveniently enough the covenant show up so they're like okay cool now you have an enemy to fight that's uh worth it because originally the spartan mark twos were meant to fight insurrectionists who were like we don't want to live under the united nations space command control i sound like such a huge nerd right now how do i still remember all this i definitely do um and so it's like they've they've developed these super soldiers who are capable of like just like one-on-one like one-on a hundred is a fair fight roughly it's closer to like one on 125 is like a fair fight for like spartans to regular soldiers uh is like the stat they give in the book but they become the like front lines in the war against the covenant and so the master chief is the greatest of all the cadets of the spartan mark ii so he's like the original the like goat the goat greatest of all the <laughs> goat C and he becomes the like face of the UNSC and he's the guy you play as in all the video games his name's John and wow how basic dude right I feel like they were about to release the game and they're like crap we forgot to name him name him John um, but so uh, John like he leads all of these troops and he leads like the Spartans and they start like pushing back the covenant like obviously the Spartans can't like take down a starship but like in on ground combat or like they do infiltration missions and stuff like that where they slowly start to push and slow the covenants just gradual like march across the like the united nations controlled territory uh and so they're able to like slow it down and progress it to the point where like okay we can actually start fighting back against the covenant but so anyway my favorite three of the books is the kilo five trilogy and so what is so strange to me oh i have to also include the so they have the Spartan Mark IIs, which are all the kids that were kidnapped and turned into super soldiers. Then they have the next generation of Spartans because, like, we need more Spartan super soldiers to fight these guys because, like, the Spartan twos eventually do die, obviously, because, like, no one is impervious no matter how much you want to pretend they are. The Spartan Mark threes are all teenagers and volunteers. Like, straight up, they go to orphanages and they're like, if you are a teenager and you want to become a super soldier and get revenge on the enemy that has destroyed your home and your family, come with us. And then they, like, make an entire another batch of Spartans who are what in the books is described as a shoot and forget solution where they will deploy Spartans and they tell them, like, just go kill things until something happens to you or we can pull you out. And, they, and the kids are like, yeah, we're angry enough to go do it. And so they have like 18, 19 year old Spartans that are going out and doing that kind of stuff. And then by the time they get to, halo four ish they've created what are called the spartan mark fours which are like they've figured out how to make the suits a little more like this retain the level of effectiveness but not be as like you don't have to have the physical augmentations to use them so then they basically go okay who are the best soldiers who have seen the most combat and have the most experience we're going to put them in the suits so the kilo five trilogy takes place kind of just off the grid of everything that happens it's i think between halo 3 and halo 5 somewhere in that mix uh because it is a spartan and i already forgot her name uh a spartan 2 who was contracted by oni like she was taken out of the batch of regular spartans and they're like we're gonna take you and we're gonna put you in your own mission you're gonna do solo work and she's like all right cool and so she goes out to like the outer rims of like known space at the time and just goes off to like hunt uh insurrectionists who are trying to destroy the unsc and they pair her up with another woman who's a unsc operative and a team of odst which are orbital drop shock orbital drop shock troopers which are like the paratroopers of this universe and so they go out into this area and then they run across this planet called onyx i think is the one they find no they find something else maybe it is onyx uh but they find a bunch of the other like they find a handful of other spartan mark twos who were like hidden away lost and like in space forever and then they also find dr Catherine halsey who is a wanted war criminal for creating She's wanted for kidnapping and like genetically augmenting children, which is like the big moral question, quote unquote, of Halo is that like, is it okay 
that she like kidnapped and did science experiments on children and everyone's like no that's morally wrong and questionable and she just goes but it saved humanity and they're like but the covenant wasn't a threat when you did this and she was like but it saved humanity it was the answer we needed and they go to a question that wasn't being asked like so there's that's like the big moral question but this book series is so good because it is just about like these five people contained in their one space and they're going out and they're hunting like hunting space terrorists essentially and trying to find them and they're trying to track down a ship that's been lost so this ship uh was taken by the covenant and it was kidnapped by like not kidnapped but like overthrown disappeared into space and then uh it was being bought off the black market by like a human bought like being bought from an alien and what's absolutely <laughs> absurd about this, right? David is laughing at me because I'm still going and it's been – it's only been six minutes. Calm down. If you've made it through, you, you're you better than me. If you've made <laughs> it through, at me and I'll give you a dollar. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll put uh, – again, I'll put Brian's Venmo in the description. I'll keep doing that every week. Uh, but so the reason I loved this specific book is because it brings up like another huge moral question because – the one thing that they don't ever tell the Spartans is they like wipe their memory. All the Spartan twos is they wipe their memory. And when their memory is wiped, they don't remember their family. They don't remember their previous life, like what planet they lived on, where they came from. Right. They don't know who their parents are. And so like the main, the main baddie who's trying to buy a ship so he can go glass a human planet as a human turns out to be this particular Spartan's father because after his daughter was abducted and replaced, he was like, that's not my daughter. I don't know how I know it, but I know that clone is not my daughter and I don't trust it. And he like started digging and he became like obsessed with conspiracy and like it drove him to the point where he's like, I am going to destroy the UNSC. I'm going to get a cruiser and I'm going to take him down. And so that's a little thing. And then it becomes like the huge moral question of does she like take down her father? Does she even want to know if it's her father? Because like everyone else on the ship finds out it's her dad before she does. And they're just like, well, what do we do? And uh, that's a that's just a fun book series that I really enjoyed. The Kilo 5 trilogy, my favorite. Shout out Karen Travis. You did a good job. But yeah, so... That's my that's my ten minutes on Halo on the books and my thank you for coming to my TED talk. Uh, I just want to point out that's something that I say on a daily basis when I get on rants. At the end of my rant, I just say thank you for coming to my TED talk. The thing I say that no one ever like understands. It's kind of similar to that. Is whenever I try to say something to someone and they don't like respond or don't hear me, I just go, "All right, cool, call me back." And it's like. That's the thing I picked up in at Phantom in I think 2015 was whenever you would say something to someone and they like didn't hear you and they walked away, you'd be like, all right, cool, call me back. And then you just go on with whatever you were doing. That's pretty good. So, so yeah, David, you got anything you want to rant on for 10 minutes now that I've taken up uh, 10 minutes of your life and only scratched this surface of uh, what's going on? Uh, let's, let's go ahead and, and wrap up. Brian, is there anything that you appreciate? Something new over the past two weeks. Oh, new over the past two weeks? Um, two, four, six, eight. 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, <laughs> 20. I totally forgot what comes after eight if you say two, four, six, eight. I was like, it's like two, four, six, eight. What do you appreciate, 12, 14, Brian? I forgot what 10 was. Um, I think I appreciate human interaction, which sounds Have like, you had more of that recently? No. But like the bit I have, <laughs> I still just really appreciate. I, I don't know. I appreciate that people are all like very similar yet different. And like the small nuances that make people who they are, I think is really interesting. And I like, I haven't started talking to more people. I've just kind of started to try and like see like the differences in the people I know. Uh, if that makes sense. And I just, I just appreciate people, you know? I appreciate the people who are, you know, taking the time to care about others and, you know, actually like give a hoot about the survival of humanity uh, and not do things like have COVID parties where you put a bunch of money in a pot and then whoever gets COVID first gets the loot. Like, that's the dumbest that's thing I've ever heard. And that's the thing that happened. That's crazy. And the teenager who won and got COVID first died. So, kids, stay at home, wear your masks. Like, come on, be smart. Appreciate smart yeah, be people. Smart. They go to school for a reason, you know? Yeah. Even if you don't think it is that serious, wouldn't you rather be more safe than sorry? 
David, two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, two, six, four, six, six, eight, 10, 12. Uh, I'm going to shout out Destiny. I'm going to shout out Architects. Uh, Architects is the band that I kind of discovered recently that I really like the sound of. And Destiny being the video game that I've been into, I'm really glad I'm into like one game. I'm not just like finding things to do during the day. Um, but I also want to shout out people that care uh, because, you know, in, in, in hard times, some people have a harder time than others reaching out to other people. Whether, whether you're worried about a test or whether you're going through something uh, a little bit more emotional, um, there's, and you will always find your real friends very quickly when you're going through something, uh, whether that's somebody I recently got connected with that I hadn't talked to in like five years and now we're really good friends. And he is extremely, he's more supportive than some of the people that I talked to like before I graduated college. Heck yeah, um, dude. He, he's just a really supportive person. And sometimes it's selfish of me to ask for support from people. But if you're a person that cares about other people, then it should be easy for you to say, of course, dude. Yeah, of course. Let's talk, or let's get a cup of coffee, or anything like that. Not today, but uh, anything like that. So uh, I will include Brian in that. I'll be a little, be a little nice friend for a second. Brian's extremely supportive of me. Or I hope I'm supportive of him. He's he's really cool. He's really creative, uh, and I'm glad I get to do this every every two weeks with him. He mentioned doing it every week because uh, our editor is editing them faster than anybody's business. Ravi. Uh, I, I can also shout out Ravi. I've known Ravi for about 10 years now, which is just crazy to think about. Uh, and he's, he's, he's the, the hard headed guy. He's, he's the one that's, that's, uh, you know, like don't let people get you down kind of thing, you know, make yourself better anyways. Uh, so I just want to shout out all the supportive people that are supportive and intentionally reach out to people when you see or feel like something's going not necessarily their way. Yeah. You rock. You're awesome. Yeah, people. Human beings. That's what this episode's about, you know? I don't know if I said this two weeks ago, but I'm also now an uncle, so that's pretty cool. A, a dunkle. I think I did. Dad uncle. Yeah. I'm not a dad. I'm an uncle. He's a dad, ladies. <laughs> nope. I am single, ladies. I'm going to go ahead and add a wink in there. Yeah, thanks for the sound. That's the, there's a wink that goes with that sound in case you there is a tell. wink that goes with that. Uh, but one more thing that's important to include because we're uh, wrapping it up and plugging things is uh, hop on Instagram and look at antbytes a n t underscore b y t e s. That's Emma. She did our amazing cover art for our incredible. podcast. And incredible. If you hop on uh, Instagram as well, you can also look up it's Ravi Lad, right? Yeah, I-T-S-R-A-V-I-L-A-D, and that's Ravi's Instagram page. Or you can go to YouTube and just throw that caps lock on, R-A-V-I, and you'll find his webpage on YouTube, and you'll see two of his things, two of his songs that he has uploaded. I realized yesterday while I was talking to people that I do this thing where I'm like, I will blast through my T's and S's at the end of words. So like... Really? Yeah. Anyway... Go check out Emma and go check out Ravi, and I'll explain that perhaps in two weeks. Ooh. Ooh. All will be revealed. (laughs) (laughs) Now we just turn into this game with me. All right. On that note, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.